Good evening and welcome to The Real Study with your hosts, Mr. Snippets. Welcome back to The Real Study. Black Girl Marvel. But I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Mr. Marvelite. Not knowing anything about the film. All the movie things. Knowing like I was locked in right away. The pre-review with Super Gummy Guru. Pre-review. And me, the real study movie voice guy. Let's go to the poster wall. Good evening and welcome to The Real Study Season 1, Episode 12. We are here with, as always, Black Girl Marvel, Mr. Marvelite, and all the movie things. And I am Mr. Snippets, and we are here to talk about movies. Tonight, we are talking about The Brass Teapot. Uh, I think that's a 2010 uh, more indie-type film. No, it's 2015. Uh, Mr. Right and then 8-Bit Christmas. And we will be discussing The Matrix here in a couple of weeks. How are you guys doing as we move over to the drive-in? Doing good. Yeah, doing good. Yeah. I think we're all a little I tired. Think that... I yeah. think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. Well, why don't we just get right into it? Um, since we're all tired and we we're here to talk about movies, it's Christmas time. People are getting crazy out there. We're, what, two weeks away from Christmas? Um, we're, what, 14 days out. So yeah, this is this is going to be interesting. Uh, we are doing a little bit of Christmas movie tonight, but next week uh, we were going to have a special guest. Uh, we're going to postpone that special guest uh, for another week. And now we're going to be doing a Christmas uh, movie episode. And we're going to all bring our favorite Christmas movie to review. So you'll get four movies next week. Uh, and we will we will be talking about those. So we'll, we'll announce those later. Uh, why don't we move right into the brass teapot. And I would love to hear what Black Girl Marvel has to say about this. Because she said something uh, pretty interesting uh, in our Discord. And I just want to kind of... Ooh, parse out yeah, what she was you, you were like you you, 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 you made mention uh, so it caught my attention so what was your initial impression of the brass teapot okay so i just want to say my birthday is in 18 days Hold on a second. Yeah. Uh, um the brass teapot was uh was nuts it was <laughs> yeah. i felt like in a really good way though because i was, didn't know what i was getting myself in for because of the title and then like the title was like seem very like i don't know regal in a way when i heard the title I was like, oh, okay the brass right. maybe it's like thing and then i saw the two actors and i was like this ain't british um, <laughs> um and i was i was just like very interesting and in and, and a weird comedy but when i got down to the gist of it i was like this is like a bonnie and clyde for a new generation if you really look at it because like what they do it's like they not they might not rob people and all that kind of stuff, but they do stuff for money. You know, it's very, it's very Bonnie and Clyde-ish. They was like very in it together. Um, uh, I thought it was very funny. I thought it had funny moments. I love the idea of this teapot that gives you money for your pain. And then you not realizing how much the word pain spans, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not just physical pain, it's emotional pain, it's pain to others. Like pain is so like broad. That I don't think people realize how 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 broad it is because we just kind of like live with it every day, and then the teapot itself is just it's like sadistic because you have to up your pain every time. Yeah, it's like, exactly. You can't do the same thing for the same amount of money, you know. And mm -hmm. I thought that was just a very interesting concept 
to have like a magical teapot because it's very it's very it was giving me a latin a little bit like you know uh, you know like like a lamp type of deal but it's with a but it's with a teapot instead so it was a it, it was good to see and it was it was funny to see um what's his name what's the guy's name the the guy that like um that was that lived in the trailer park with his girlfriend oh yeah the, Billy the actor oh yeah okay the actor, Billy Magnuson I forget what he was in Billy um I forget what he was in it makes me laugh but he's he's I just never imagined to see him he's, in that type of role that was funny yeah. So, what's what's funny is, oh, oh, I I loved it. I was like, I'd never seen it before. I had no idea what. I totally went on this movie blind, and um, yeah. So I did not know what to expect, and I loved Juno Temple. You know, so it was interesting to see her in this, and like, so used to that. She had that very strong accent, you know, from Ted Lasso. She's great in that, and she was really great in this. Um, what was really surprising too was like all the like the great cast that kept popping up. I mean, just like yeah. in these little roles too, you know, like and the thing that caught my attention was, you know, like we got Billy in it, Billy Magnuson, but also um uh Kristen Malati. And they were both yeah. in this HBO Max yeah. series together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really great. So it was, it was funny just to see her she's like Literally, her head just pops out of the door there (laughs) near the end of the movie. So she's she's amazing. She's one of the most brilliant actresses that gets no play, and it drives me nuts because her range is wildly big. Like, yeah, she's amazing. Just seeing her from How I Met Your Mother, Wolf of Wall Street, to this, to just a couple other roles I've seen. Like, yeah, Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah, she's got some amazing range. Mr. Yeah, if you haven't seen that show, the show oh, yeah. great, she's so. in an Amazon Prime series, Modern Love, and her like she's one yeah. of the segments. She's amazing. Okay, amazing. I will have to take a look. If you, yeah. with her, yeah. I'll, I'll oh, check yeah, out even if it's TV. So I'll, I'll definitely look. Uh, yeah. Mr. Marley, what was your impression of the brass teapot? Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. In fact, I, 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 I will say this, and I hope that I hope this doesn't dissuade anybody, but like. I did not remember this film until I started to go back and watch it. I actually felt like I was going to be like down to the line and not being able to finish this film uh, for the show. And then I turned it on and I was like, oh, I remember this. And so for me, it was a little bit forgettable because it kind of gave me that whole monkey's paw type feel where like there's the wishes granted with consequence. Um, and then the first, the, the second thing that popped in my head after I went through it was, was, you know, they're really going at the Hasidic Jews and like this Jewish, like, prophecy of a magical teapot like i wonder what people were you know what the response from the jewish community was and i I tried to look it up online there was nothing so either you know at this point they just they don't care anymore maybe they don't care you know but it's like because they stole the pot from hitler like so that's a positive thing i think right but the pot i mean like if you remember the intro the pot had been through like all of time like it was like it was in there with uh some of da vinci's pieces and Mm -hmm. you know like it was just like all of these ancient like uh you know images depicted this pot and i'm like okay i know i've gone back and these things were this these pictures like they they did not have a pot in them now i want to go back and look (laughs) but it but it was like they, they did a good job trying to like give it this 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 context in this world it did kind of bother me a little bit, took me a little bit out of it because I'm sitting there Sarah, thinking like, okay, they're making up something like I get if they take like some actual like images from the past that had pots in them and say, oh, that was what that was. 
but then they also made images that were just completely like you know were doctored and stuff so you know if you don't like fake news then you might be upset a bit about that but uh i mean sure, honestly I for me it was it was it was funny uh, it was off the wall i mean you you go to return the pod that you know gives you money um and of course it's closed down so what's the next thing you're going to do you want to go to the antique road show um you know it's just <laughs> that it, it didn't me. take itself seriously but it was it was funny yeah, how to do that like, out, of, out of place a little bit but yeah and it's like and of course for me i'm sitting there thinking nobody watches the antique road show but the hisnick yeah, juice did yeah dr ling right looking yeah, for yeah. and so it's like but it okay. makes sense for dr ling to watch it though yeah. yeah, yeah, he's looking for yeah. He he scours probably always looking. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah. So um, yeah, it was it was yeah. definitely off the wall in my in my opinion. So I I, I like that part of it. So yeah. the guy that plays the lead, Michael uh, Angarano, he's the kid from. Um, no, there's another thing he was in. Sky High. Um, yes, Sky High. but he was also he in Forbidden, Forbidden Kingdom. Kingdom as well. Yes, he was yeah, in Forbidden, Forbidden Kingdom. Kingdom, and I was mm -hmm. like. This kid is not memorable because he's he's definitely yeah. a different actor. Like I felt like a different actor was in the like it was not him. I don't know. So maybe no, that's totally. good. He's yeah, done a good yeah, job, but yeah. still threw me off to know that we're we've now reviewed two movies with this kid and I barely know. Yeah, who I, he like is. Him. Um, I like him. I like him. I saw he was in it. I was like, oh okay, I might enjoy this, and then I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought he was great in that. Yeah, no, yeah, again, it was definitely different from Sky High as well. Right. I mean, like no, it, yeah, he, yeah, he got yeah. past he that range. like kid phase. He has range, but I just don't know him well enough. And I'm like, he keeps popping up. Totally. This is interesting. So yeah. it makes me want to look a little further. Um, this film was one that my wife actually did uh, redeem and suggested. And she's been bugging me about mm. it for a few months. Not a long time, but for a few months. And so she was like, this will be my way to get him to watch it. So she redeemed it. And <laughs> we sat down and watched it together. And she did the same thing I do when somebody's watching a movie that I've seen, that they you haven't seen. Them. And I just... Yeah. Sit there and stare at him the whole time, right? <laughs> and so she watched me the whole time, like, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. This this series of films, for me, this week, I, I had more technical issues with than anything else. And there were plot points in this film that just kind of stood out to me, like, why? What? So one of them was the Antique Roadshow. There needed to be a scene between him finding all that out and then going to the roadshow. Like, show us, get him on the road. Show us, like, don't just, like, we assume he went like magically it was really weird and then the yeah whole I, I, them... almost thought was, I almost thought it was like a dream or something in a way like it was yeah. like like it didn't seem like it was actually part of the he was thinking plot, about going. but i was like that's what oh, it felt like yeah, to yeah me. exactly it was a consideration yeah, yeah, like was, and then all of a sudden yeah. he did but wasn't, go, there, but wasn't was there a scene where they were like wasn't there a scene where they were like like we're not that far from something the they did mention Rocha it, like there. yeah, absolutely. A little and, earlier in the film, know, they mentioned if we yeah. need to go yeah. to Antique Roadshow, so we goes, could. Like, yeah, right yeah. there, kind of like threw that out there as like a he's going to show up eventually. <laughs> right. The other one that stood out to me is a really strange scene that just seemed pointless. I mean, it was necessary, but they could have found a better way to to get this across. Was when they went to back to Dingleberry's trailer to confront him about the fact that uh, she had given him a BJ, right? right. So the kid brings a saw and an attitude, right? Yeah. And the whole point of that scene is so that the, the landlord can find out, well, Lady Crossheart, thank you for the host. Um, the whole point was so that he could go find out that the, the teapot creates money. Like he needed to see that. So that whole scene was for that moment. And I feel like other than that, there was no reason for them to go there because like he was angry but lost and then like walked away with, you know, humiliated. I don't know. It didn't work for me. Other than that, I think there was pretty good flow through. 
Uh, I liked that it got to the point where it was hard for you to earn money. Uh, so you, you were getting yeah. nickels and dimes for, you know, burning yourself. Um, but I did like that they figured out how to give other people pain. I just wish they hadn't yeah. raked each other over the, the coals so hard. Man. Emotionally. Yeah, like, emotionally. Yeah. Man, that that like, scene that killed me. I, like I was that. just like, I, like oh, that I, I mean, I thought it was kind of funny too, like in the kitchen, like just money kept shooting out of the pot like the yeah. whole time because he's so hurt. Right. Like it's like, oh man, this is, it was such a, it was, I mean, I feel like it's a really good visual way to represent an internal kind of thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, internal pain is, worse, is like, more painful than physical pain. Yeah. Yeah. Because that too. Because it came and, in waves. Because it came in waves. Like a little money is shoot up. Yeah. And then when he got uh, up, like more money And then you saw like all over the table and like, yeah, it was so good. Um, yeah. It felt like a, like a, a really long episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you guys also, ever seen like, the box? <laughs> uh, Richard so. Kelly's box? Yeah. No. 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 So the box is a similar kind of Wait. concept where a stranger comes to your door. He says, if you push this button on this box, someone in the world will die, but you will become X dollars richer. And it's the whole premise of this. Oh, you know, it's the, same oh, the, concept. the guy who played Doku was in the movie. I remember this film. It's a Richard. It's got, um, it's, it's a Richard got Mars, production, it's got James it's got, Marsden, doesn't it? I'll have to look real quick, but it definitely has uh, Naomi Watts um, as the lead. Uh, the What's box. The, name of it? the box. Wait, where? Box. It's not box. Was it's it the box. box. Was it Jason Bateman? I thought it was Jason mm, Bateman. I think it might be Marsden. I think he's right. Uh, yep. Uh, Cameron Diaz. I was wrong. Cameron Diaz, James Marsden, uh, Franklin Gellia. Um, and it is. <laughs> and this oh, is this is uh, this is a short Franklin story Della. based off of uh, the uh, the short story Button Button from Richard Matheson. And if you don't know Richard Matheson. Um, that is the guy who did I Am Legend, the, the mm-hmm. book series. The I Am Omega so, story? Right. Well, it was I Am Legend, and then it became Omega Man, and then yeah. we got the I Am Legend with Will Smith, where they were more zombies than vampires. But Right. Yeah. Uh, the Box is a very si- similar story. This one's it's less funny, uh, much darker. Richard Kelly, uh-huh. if you don't know, uh-huh. did um, Domino, Dark... Uh, Dark, Dark yeah. uh, I can't talk today. Donnie Darko, um, mm-hmm. and a few other more strange films. He's definitely... Uh, Southland Tales, very surreal. <laughs> Um, so do walk into it with that in mind, but it is a good James Marsden role. He plays a serious character in this. It's that a very being, good role. It is. That being well, said, funny. we were, we were just talking about that. James Marsden before. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just before the show. <laughs> right. um, yeah. The brass teapot though, like my wife tried to explain the violence because we debated on whether to watch this in front of the three-year-old because she doesn't really pay attention. So like if she's not watching, right. if she does happen to see something, do I worry? I don't care about language because I'm, dirtier your mouth than any of the movies I watch. Um, but the, she explained it to be as violent as Fight Club after watching it. I think maybe she overestimated the violence, but still definitely a decent amount of violence in yeah. this film. And uh, well done violence. Uh, I think that some of those special effects were good. Um, mm-hmm. I did think I... that anyway, when she took him up the you know, I thought that was an interesting scene because I was like, couldn't that have gone both ways? It would be painful for both parties. Couldn't they have just... You guys know what I'm talking about? When she gave him the... <clears throat> the, the... Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to say No, but, but no, but it couldn't, but honestly, it, couldn't have, it couldn't have because as we saw, he's very gentle. Oh, yeah. He would have taken his time and yeah. sweet about it. And it's he, a good he's point. a very soft-headed person and I, lo- I loved her descent, though. I love the descent of her, of her character. Like, it gets warmed, and she 
And she's like, I'm fine. I'm a great person. And then right. she just slowly becomes more and more terrible. He's just like. It was, it was like she was so more pr- prone for it. I mean, like she even stole the pot just because of how it looked. Like, yeah. like there was no like logic from where she's trying to get a job to like, oh, there's a pot. Let's, co- you know, let's go ahead and steal it. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. She even went into the library and tore the pages out, like lying to her boyfriend or her husband. Sorry, it was her husband, um, which it felt much more like boyfriend, girlfriend to me. I don't know why they were married in the movie. I don't know. I It didn't they didn't feel like a married couple to me, but that's just me. Um, I, I didn't like that it took her so easily, but then it gave it gave her back so easily. I don't know. She was she didn't seem as drawn to it as maybe the beginning made us believe she would be. I don't know. The movie started to kind of unravel towards the end. I couldn't figure out what kind of ending it wanted. Um, mm-hmm. I, I struggle with those kinds of endings where I'm like, okay, here's a perfect ending. Oh, they're still going. Okay, here's another. Oh, they're still going. I, I didn't feel like it was long. I uh, I found myself going. I don't know. I got blinked and was like, "This still on?" Oh, okay. <laughs> and I just sat there and I watched the rest of it. It did. And it's. And I'm not saying it is a bad film, but it was just like, for what the plot was and the scenes that we saw, it's like, okay, we get it. They doing horrible stuff for money. Yeah, and you kind of know eventually. But, it's like it's a cautionary tale. Right. They have to, they have to, to eventually end. like. Yeah, willingly give it back and yeah i honestly would have appreciated if they were um if they died like somehow like, <laughs> right like you know, yeah i could totally was, see that being an ending i like, too. I mean, I like right. that the ending was spoiler alert i like that the ending was like okay she she got what you know she always wanted like she wasn't right. lying in that moment of saying that she she was jealous of her sister and things like that yeah last night. yeah yeah um even though we moment. barely even though we barely saw a buildup of their of their of her family you know it was well, like they I that think that was, was yeah. More of that, really, but. I, I think that was a result of her being able to like say so much truth to her husband mm. ahead yeah. of time. She so really she felt like, know. yeah, she felt like, oh, maybe this is another moment for me. Like at first, I think she wanted to really like, kind of jab them at first, but then she's mm-hmm. like, no, this is a moment for me to actually be honest, you know, and yeah. followed by like, vegan came lie. out, you know, vegan yeah, with the vegan lie, yeah. <laughs> But being mean yeah. is like very exhausting, and I think because she, yeah, he got so much thrown at her, and she threw so much out that emotionally, all she could spit out was the truth. Especially okay, right. when she's looking at her like very wholesome, sweet movie, sister who didn't do anything wrong to her. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. The movie did a good job of making you realize that sooner or later, Peen does become numb because when he started saying, "Well, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. go get a blowjob from some girl," and she was like, "They okay. look in, it's like a buck and a half." It's like, okay, dude, whatever. At this point, we have destroyed yeah. each other. Uh, I really liked that. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it was also a metaphor for, like they mentioned it, how it's like we like kill ourselves and our like daily lives just to make a buck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. In some way, some form or another. She even said that, you know. Yeah, yeah. He says that in the beginning. It's like, and uh, yeah, and then it's like just literally showing that they're like hurting themselves and killing themselves, you know, just to make all this money. I thought it was kind of a small amount too. I was like, "Why a million dollars? That's not really, that's not going to last you." <laughs> Why did they stop at two hundred? That was twenty ten money. That's what it is. Two hundred yeah, grand yeah. was enough to get them out of debt and get them back on track. Stop! Like, why didn't that they, was another thing? That was know. for me. I, I would have been like, like, "I'm done. I'm good." Like, I wish yeah. I had like. I'm assuming because they look young, they want us to feel that it's like they're young. So, 
right. the guy can't stay in high school. Usually people graduate high school like 17, 18. So say they're both like 25-ish. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. at, the, at the youngest, like 25-ish at the youngest, maybe 26, 27. But how old are they? Because like Y'all, I, I get it. If you don't have a lot of money, if you don't have money a lot, you don't know money management. You manage what you can because uh-huh. you don't have a lot. So you well, have we'll a have whole bachelor's degree. Yeah. So that's at least you know, right. Right, but it's 20s. like it's one of those things where I'm just like, how are y'all spending? Like when they were filling up their 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 toilet with like money, right? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which I'm I never like, understand that, but I never. I never me, but they, they what, as long as you keep the deposit of less than ten thousand dollars a year, the IRS doesn't care. Yeah, I'm sorry, ten thousand dollars a month. But they could, they, right. they obviously we well, we find out from the film that they're dumb. So that's why they <laughs> money all over the house everywhere. But I'm just sitting here like, I would have been, I would have been living a very quiet life, especially if I couldn't explain to people where I got this money from. Like, yeah. like you just said, you were worried about the bank knowing because you can't explain it to the IRS. Why would you go big and beyond in front of people? Yeah, like with the friend asked. With the friend ass, and she's like, right? Uh, uh, we we like, came into like, oatmeal stocks, you know. Well, let's let's yeah, yeah, yeah oatmeal mom, futures. Your mom was like, is he is he pimping you out for this money? Like, okay. like, is where you getting this money from? Like, I'm sorry, this might be bad to say this, but you know, it makes sense that they would focus on a million dollars in this movie. This yeah. movie's edu- uh, estimated budget was nine hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Mm-hmm. Opening weekend really? in the U.S. and Canada on April seventh of twenty thirteen was four thousand four hundred and sixty eight dollars. Oh. The gross in U.S. and Canada combined was six thousand nine hundred and ninety seven dollars, oh and the God. gross worldwide was two hundred and forty five thousand and twenty seven. So they wow. made a third of their budget worldwide. Yes. So what was so the, what I would was the number of theaters? Did you myself see? over to get money. What was that number of theaters? Did you see? Uh, I'm trying to see if it has that here. Box office details. Not just I, I, never, house, but I, I don't have IMDb Pro, but now I think I want to get it. Because I never even heard of this movie. Until, yeah, I didn't until my wife pointed no. it out to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's sad that it did, did that bad. It shouldn't have gotten, it shouldn't have done that bad. Like there are movies that are 10,000 totally. times worse that did way better. Yeah. And that's un, that's yeah. just marketing, I guess. Um, well, I do want to also... talk about one actor in this film. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I think it also, I mean, like, there was a lot of there was a lot of like names that they were throwing out there people that were you know were were definitely noticeable um you had uh jack mcbayer you had right. um you know of course our, our 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 main protagonist um you had uh thomas middleditch which i believe he's more like snl background isn't he um he was the guy who played gilead one of the uh the the He's Jesus. not normally on SNL, but um, oh, I've seen him before. Yeah, when I saw yeah. him, I was like, "That's a comedian." Dude. Yeah, he's he's pretty. He's a, he's a <laughs> yeah. pretty like he's like a noticeable face. If, even if you don't know who he is, he's definitely he been in face. things like Wolf of Wall Street, Godzilla, King of Monsters, which you know we could see. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think his his most his his best work probably was Captain Underpants. Um, but yeah. you have this. Uh, it was a joke. Are you talking um, about Bobby from SNL? No, I probably but was. Yeah, Bobby Moynihan's on SNL, but but yeah. he's talking about middle middle ditch. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, played, like he played like, one of the Hasidic Jews. Yeah, I think they were more good. focused on their yeah. cast and like the uh, the effects of like the 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 fighting. I think the the storyline, and in fact, uh, if you look on IMDb, one of the the top critic things was basically like it was promising, but it like really fizzled out fast um because it just couldn't keep the story for what they were trying to push it was like it was definitely an intriguing idea at the beginning and i also did know this 
This was based off of a comic book series. So it's now I want to go back and have really? it, it's a comic book movie, technically. Yes, it'll have to be really comic book uh, movies then. Okay, yeah, right. So I'll probably end up buying this one just because I think it'd be worth a second viewing. Um, I, I definitely I, I appreciate what this film is trying to do. What I wanted to mention was um, was actually uh, the actor. Where is he? Stephen Park. Steve Park. Um, he plays Doctor Ling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's this guy comes on screen and I'm like, I know this guy. I've seen him in a bunch of movies. Where do I know He's this guy? A lot. And I go back and I'm like searching through his IMDb and I've seen him in a ton of stuff. I was right. But the movie that I remember him from, from my teenage years was Cuffs with Christian Slater. Uh, and he actually plays one of the cops in that movie. And I started to think about it. And I'm like, this guy is an American actor that plays a lot of American roles. Yes, he's an Asian American, but he's an American actor. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, mm-hmm. wait a minute, this guy has always had an American accent. And now he had, they have him playing with a Chinese accent in this film. And he, no mm-hmm. offense, dude, it was noticeable. I noticed it. I was like, maybe because I knew he was an American actor that I could tell, but it kind of fell flat for me on the, on the, the accent. Um, which made his part not as important to me. It just didn't hit as well. Um, interesting choice uh, to make as an actor. Um, if you were, you know, if I was an American. I mean, actor, he, but, he did know. come, he did literally travel from China. So. Right. No, so, I, yeah, for the I actor. mean, it, interesting for the actor to oh, choose yeah, actor, a role right. uh, where yeah. he <laughs> doesn't, he's doing an accent without his native language, um, which Probably happens like, all the time, but it was just interesting. Um, normally you would see them. No, I get that. A but... Chinese actor who would have an accent but yeah, yeah it's just interesting right. um he's korean, yeah. by the way. He's korean. korean and he played a chinese yeah. guy yeah yep interesting they still do that a lot but at the same time we have well, how many, how many with... british guys are playing spider-man at this point anyway well it's like this <laughs> unfortunately right. this is the thing that you, you go back and look at it and i think this is why when we have conversations with things like you know shang chi and stuff like that you know all asians are not the same and so you know, mm-hmm. it's why representation is appropriate. Unfortunately, executives like people like Bob Chapek, you know, they don't understand the significance of making sure that you're authentic to the role that the person's portraying. But that's another topic in itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not to say that he didn't fulfill his role. I just I think as a person who knew the actor, I was like, wait a minute. This doesn't it's like when you hear uh, Ewan McGregor do an American accent, and you're like, dude, I'm sorry, you're not that good at that. I'm sorry. Um, there are some actors that just can't get rid of it'd be like hearing Arnold do an American accent. I wouldn't buy it. I just I don't know. Anyway, I'm honestly, not. it's like, like Hugh Jackman it's, being Van Helsing. It's like what Kristen Stewart oh, yeah. British in um Wait. Snow White and Snow White and the Huntsman, she was like trying to be British. That was that was rough. Now didn't she rough. play Diana no. recently? Where she is Yeah, British? and her accent phenomenal. She I think she did better with that than she did in, in the other movie. Mind you, she was young yeah. in that one, and she was having an affair with the director. Yeah, so that was a while ago. You know, tell yeah. me how she was with that, but her, but that accent was terrible. They barely had her speak in that movie. It was very just much right. reaction. Agreed. Uh, Juno Temple for me, I had never like I don't know her as well as I thought I did. I've seen her in Horns, which is a phenomenal film, um, and then that's about it i look through her list and i'm like wow i, I don't are you watching I've ted seen... lasso at all i have not watched it's a tv show so the likelihood of me oh, watching it is man. very low yeah uh, mostly because she's really great in ted lasso okay she was in maleficent so. maleficent the the both or just the first one mistress of evil so the second one the second one okay again i haven't watched that. i have it i haven't watched it yet sure you um, haven't and then Alexis Bledel seemed like again we were mentioning these kind of random kind of yeah, cameos kind of like 
Yeah, okay. yeah. Like I love um, her character. I love the. Mm-hmm. I love that she stepped out because she's usually very buttoned up, you know, cardigan wearing in different forms in her movies. Mm-hmm. So I bet she looked at this and was like, "How much am I in it?" And I wear tight skirts and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fair. She always played the Gilmore girl, who was you know. Yeah, in all her stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, correction. She was in both Maleficence. She was also in The Dark Knight Rises. I have no idea where. Juno Temple, Dark Knight Rises. She played um, the kid, the one of the yeah. street kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do remember her. I think she did um, at the end with like, yeah. Yeah, she's not in it much, but she's definitely in there. Uh, so this mm-hmm. film, I mean, it, it feels like, um, other than it being a cautionary tale, uh, there are some definite um, things about uh, being honest with each other that come out in this film, about what pain is like for people. There are definitely things we could talk about in depth um, to this degree, but we're already uh, at 745. So I don't want to take away from the other two films. Uh, I want to make sure we stay on track. And of course, as always, we have our pre-review with Sean, which will be coming up. And I think he might be excited about Spider-Man. I can't tell. Maybe you'll you'll see. Um, That being said, why don't we go ahead and rate this film? Um, I'm going to go ahead and start this time. I don't normally do that, uh, but why not? Um, Oh, I like it. So <laughs> my wife was worried. She was like, tell me you liked this one more than you liked Repo. And I think across the board, the, the, the four of us are going to say, yes, we all agree that this is a better hard film to do. than Repo. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you're, you should be happy there, love. Um, but of the three That's movies great. that we watched this week, this is actually my favorite of the three. Um, I like this one the most. And it's probably because it's dark, mm-hmm. dark humor. Um, I enjoy the way the pain plays out. I think their relationship has good charisma. They play off each other very well. And I love just kind of seeing the randomness that happens. Um, and it kind of makes you go, ooh, a lot. And I like that in a film. Uh, so I'm going to give this. If you didn't say a... that, you'd be in your wife's doghouse. <laughs> I'm going to give this a seven, mm-hmm. uh, a seven out of 10. That being said, why don't we just go right down here to all the movie things? All right. Um, this is a surprise for me. Like, I had no idea what was going to happen to it. So I was really pleasantly surprised to like like it pretty much all the way through. Yeah, there was like the little bit with the antique roadshow, but I was able to get past it. And um really like what they're trying to say, you know, metaphorically speaking. Um, and yeah, just like, just the... I, the idea of this this whole thing you know like you 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 do immediately put yourself in 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 their shoes like oh man that's a crazy concept like what what would i be doing you know like just for just for some money and just and seeing the progress of how dark it could make you go you know so um that they could have gone darker i think so oh yeah they totally could have like i mean obviously they were digging ditches you know, for to put people in, you know, they didn't. And that, that was kind of interesting thing too. Like they went to that edge and they didn't go, go there, you know, like they were able to kind of pull themselves away. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I'm going to give it a seven, seven out of 10 for me. I like it. Mr. Marvelite. So for me, being that I, I saw this movie a number of years ago, um, <clears throat> probably closer to when it came out, either on demand or somewhere because um i don't own this film um and i probably won't be one of those films that i would own other than if i were to be able to have the finances to just kind of like stockpile films again because i like collecting the media 
Um, it was uh, it was honestly a little bit forgettable for me. I mean, the concept is definitely novel. Um, it's got some of that, you know, like I said earlier, the monkey's paw type thing where there's this, you know, wishes fulfilled with consequence. Um, and of course, it, ha- it definitely has a cautionary tale of like, you know, money corrupts. Um, and you have both of that where, you know, out of, out of greed, I, I just kind of like struggle a little bit of how they got even into the situation. Like, I don't really feel like they... Like, it didn't seem like the wife had these tendencies toward, you know, stealing a teapot or, you know, self-harm yeah. for gain until she sees the pot coming out of, like, that barrel. Um, it just, that that kind of, like, took me out of it a little bit. Um, there's a lot of humor. I think the characters in themselves are humorous, um, whether it's dark humor or not. Um, they play well on themselves. Um, you know, the Antique Roadshow was probably one of my highlights just because it was, like, like, when they mentioned it, and I'm like, you know, if they don't do the antique road show for this, it would be a, a shame. And of course, <laughs> then you have him doing it, and then it's a consequence because mm-hmm. everybody knows they have the pot at that point that that have the history of it. That know about um, it, yeah. And so, so it was it was good, but again, I probably won't go back to watch this film unless asked or you know somebody redeems this like ten down, ten years down the road. Um, so for me, though, it's not a bad film um, in the sense of you know I just couldn't wait to get over with it. It's not one of my favorites. So I'd say probably about a 6.5. Um, still not super low. Um, I do see some of the, the like the plot line like holes and you know some things like that with the character. You know, I don't judge based off of how well something does in the box office because I feel like one of the best masterpieces out there that should have been given a sequel was the A-Team um, that they did. I agree. Um, that was a fantastic film. And, Dude, of course, we won't it because it didn't do as well in the box office. Nobody can fly a tank like those guys. I'm just saying. Absolutely. I mean, and that was a great team. If you're going to put a bunch of people that you know their faces when they when you go into the film and you're going to be, be believable that they'd be on a TV show or like that they're representing the guys on the TV show, that, that would be the group I would put. So. All right. I like it. Uh, and again, uh, we're going to move right over to Black Girl Marvel in a second, but this is not a movie that any of us at 12 years old would likely be engaging in. That's why we're not right. doing that. Uh, Black Girl Marvel. Uh, um, this is my first time seeing this movie. Uh, like I said, just looking at the title and not like the, like the <laughs> yeah. or anything, like the post or anything. I thought I was in for a British evening. Um, <laughs> But um, and maybe that's just me being very serious. You were thinking Downton Abbey or something along those lines. Yeah, you know, I was getting very like, you know, maybe like a Bollywood mix with a with a with <laughs> oh, man. Abbey, yeah. you know, maybe. Um, but I mean, I, I enjoyed the film. Yes, there are moments where you're kind of like, eh, or again, this is one of those movies where I'm like, if you would have took like ten minutes out, you know. People just got good, like maybe maybe a hot fifteen, you know, it would have streamlined the film just a little bit more. Agreed. But yeah. uh, but other than that, it's like I felt like somebody's vision really wanted to get told, and so they were like, "We keep in all the scenes because this is what my brain had," you know. Like, yeah. um, I as much as I don't like to agree with Mr. Snippets, I'll have to give this. <laughs> Our relationship started yeah. in controversy, so. Yeah, it did. So it's gonna it's gonna remain there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll give this a seven, um, but I will never watch it again unless somebody asks me to. And I'm not saying that because it's right. a bad film. I'm just saying it's one of those films that this I. This is like one of those films. Yeah. Is this one of those once? ones where, like, if you were with friends and they were like, "We're putting on the brass teapot," you'd sit down and enjoy it. Yep. 
Okay, because you have. I'd probably be arguing like, let's. let's yeah. There's something else out there. You would be I mean, a nice I tale. Coke. I would be like, yeah. do you guys really want to see a magical teapot? Or I would throw it in yeah. there and be like, I've seen this before. You know, because usually people want to watch something where all of you mm-hmm. have never seen this. You can experience it together. So hopefully that or would be happen. Listen, you I like, would rather. Guys, it's not British, you guys. So <laughs> I know, right? Don't there. get fooled by the. Yeah. Don't get fooled by the teeth. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather American. watch a film with profanity filters on than watch that again. I mean, honestly. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Just a recommendation: if you guys ever get your hands on one of those old profanity filters, you know that they had for like, uh, like you know, conservative homes or whatnot, get it and watch the Negotiator. It is the best. <laughs> like, it is the best film. The same. No, no, I'm movie? sorry, not the Negotiator. I'm sorry, Conspiracy yeah. Theory with um, oh, okay. Mel Gibson and watch watch that film with that the profanity yeah. filter on. The subtitles will knock your socks off. So they are good. even more entertaining than the actual dialogue themselves. Is I it just, as good love, as the TV edit for The Big Lebowski, though? Where there's this scene where he says, you never fuck a stranger in the ass. Yeah. The TV version is you never mess with a stranger in the Alps. Yeah. And that's true, too. I mean, it so is true. Both how, are absolutely both, both true. Both are very true. Yeah. <laughs> but just hearing it coming out of John Goodman's mouth over and over and over, yeah, it just yeah. doesn't. And just doesn't so you work. know, you cashed on your F word, so you can't use yeah, it next show. But we mm-hmm. talked about this. Uh, like, I had yeah. the F word this week. Why are you giving away your secrets? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you giving away your secrets? I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, but all in all, I thought it was a good film. Good. Good. Uh, so we did enjoy it. Um, but now let's mm-hmm. move on uh, to. Uh, Mr. Wright, and this was a redemption by, by Black Girl Marvel, uh, and I know why, and it's primarily because Sam <laughs> Rockwell is in this film, right. and she is a <laughs> Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell stand, shit. <laughs> uh, to the max. Um, wow, I said something Gen Z. That was weird. I don't normally do that. Um, is that to, to the max? It's almost like you're one of those TikTokers. No, I said you were Stan. I've never right. said that. It, it, like, I've never said oh, Stan in that way. Uh, ever. Oh, yeah. That's what I was asking. Um, I was like, to the max is not Gen Z, but I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you talking about? To the max, like, ruled out the entire, like, Stan. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That being said, um, this is a movie I kept seeing the cover. I love both actors. Uh, there's no reason why I shouldn't have watched this movie way sooner than I did, uh, right. but I always skipped it. And um, yeah, I'm, not, same. I'm not sure why. Um, well, now I know why. Uh, I've seen the movie now and I can say why I skipped it because I think I nailed why I didn't want to watch this movie in the first place. And it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I did have a good time. But this is how I feel. I feel like you guys do about the brass teapot about this. I will never watch this movie again. Um, <gasps> I just won't. And it's not that it's bad. It's not that it's, it's he, not that there he, are he great also moments. thought this was going to be a very British. Film. I did, Mister Mister Wright. Mister um, Wright, like yeah. It's, <laughs> well, it all with, it's a little British. Yeah. It's got a little a little Tim Roth, uh, a little slice right. of Tim Roth on the Tim side. Roth was great in this. <laughs> he really was. Uh, and there's an actor that can do an American accent, like his good southern. Oh accent, man, yeah, because he, he went back and forth too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saying Gen Z is the most Gen X thing ever. I, I feel that. <laughs> um, yeah. That being said, uh, why don't we get Mr. Marvelite's uh, view on Mr. Wright, and then uh, we'll move over to Black Girl Marvel. Yeah. So, uh, if if uh, if Black Girl Marvel is a uh, Sam Rockwell fan, uh, Stan. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be more Gen Z. I guess you know to the to max. The max. To the max. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably be too, because again, like I said last week, I love I love Sam Rockwell. I like I like I just like his his demeanor. In fact, I feel like they 
they hire Sam Rockwell for the purpose of being Sam Rockwell. That's just right. you know how it is. Like it's kind of like for Nicolas for Cage being Nicolas Cage, except for mm -hmm. Sam Rockwell has to play unhinged. Nicolas Cage is automatically unhinged. And so you have this, you have this, uh, you know, he's, he's playing this character. He's, you know, he's this assassin who kills bad guys and which is, <laughs> he kills killers. Like I only kill because yeah. they're killers. You know, I only kill them because they're bad guys, yeah. which, which is like the most like anti-hero you can get with a character. Um, you know, th th listen, the plot, the plot's not perfect in this film. Um, this came out in 2013. I'm sorry, 2016, I think it was. Uh, 15, I'm sorry. It's uh, only a couple years after Tifa. 14. Interesting enough, we were we were we were reviewing sorry, two I was throwing films. Numbers out there. Yeah, we were we we're, we're we're uh reviewing two films that were both flops, the Brass Teapot mm, and this one. Yeah. This one had an 8 million dollar budget. Um it only grossed worldwide $607,000. So, yeah, it wasn't the best. Um but again, it's still a fun film to watch. Um, I'm not a big uh, Anna Kendrick fan, but I did like her in this. I like it when she plays a little bit more crazy. Um, so, and she definitely does that. She's kind of like that hopeless, like she can't commit uh -huh. to anything. She can't really do anything right. Everybody wants to give her advice on, you know, who she is. And of course, when she meets Mr. Right, you know, her real ability comes I out. I don't want to tell think... you my name. I don't like my name. I don't want to tell you my name. Yeah, it's like yeah. Francis. What is with what is with what is with guys named Francis in films? Like, <laughs> like I was, I was thinking about Deadpool mm -hmm. when I when when she said Francis, and I'm like, oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a fun film. Uh, a lot of stuff was unnecessary, I think, but it was kind of what made it fun and over the top. Um, but literally around this time frame, when we got Mr. Right, we got mm -hmm. Killers with Ashton Kutcher. We got um, Night and Day Night with and Day. Tom Cruise. This was like mm -hmm. this. This is like the revival of a genre that we saw back with Arnold Schwarzenegger in True Lies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, which is the superior also, one. You could opinion. almost kind of <laughs> say that more recently we got a similar type film when it comes to um, oh, what was it with The Rock and um, Kevin Smith? Um, oh, what is it? Oh, I forget the film now. I forget now um but like with with their film it's like this idea like the secret life of this person um and so the trope gets played a lot but it was still fun and i like the fact that at the end she didn't have to be saved as much she kind of got to a point where she could save herself you know i'm a t-rex um and mm -hmm. you know that that part was good so i i generally i like the film i thought it was fun um it's not perfect but it's definitely worth a watch in my opinion Okay. okay. I love this film. Okay, so like, this is, <laughs> okay, so I never watched this like in theaters or anything like this because during that time, all those movies that Mr. Marvel like listed up, I never, never watched those either. So because they just looked, I don't know, I'm just tired of seeing white couples on TV doing stuff. Like I was just tired. And um, <laughs> so I was just on Netflix one day and I was like, what? I should watch something. And then who did I see across my screen but the amazing Sam Rockwell? And I saw then I saw Anna Kendrick and I was like, this is a weird pairing in my book to put together in a movie. Right. And I was like, well, let me check it out. And I, when I tell you I watched this movie back to back, I don't know, over 20 times since the first time I watched it. Like it's the movie that I put on like 
when I know I need to go to sleep and I need to like, but just, I need some type of noise in the background to watch it, I'll put on Mr. Right. Or if I'm mm. like, oh, I'm about to lay down and just chill out, I'll put on Mr. Right. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very comfort film for me. And that says a lot about me because he kills people, but I don't know. Um, I will say, I think also the reason why I like this film is because I remember one day I was thinking of ideas for like movie scripts and like like plot points and things. And I was like, it'd be so cool to see the origin story of an assassin. And then I wrote that somewhere and then I watched this movie and that's literally what this is. Like we literally see Anna Kendrick become an assassin. Like <laughs> right. Her origin story of her figuring out that she has a knack for something and then and the sequel would be Mrs. Right. Exactly. Oh, so like, yeah. like, huh. and then the third like, film would be exactly. the rights. Right. So they got Mr. and Mrs. It'll right. Be, it'll, be, <laughs> yeah. it'll be a sadistic the Incredibles, you know, like they just come around <laughs> um, So they did make the, the I, like, hitman story once before the professional right. is technically that story. Yeah. I mean, well, see, I I I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I thought it was funny. Sometimes I think ridiculous things in movies are great because it's just like we're i feel like this is that was a world where like it like it, it worked in i don't think that will work in another world you know that that's that is created i thought it was funny of course i get some i get some um some dancing because he's the dancing assassin so that's always <laughs> yeah yeah you know? um and kendrick i feel like is like at a good place in her acting in this because I feel like she's always acting like this in movies, but it doesn't fit, which is why I don't like her in most movies. But mm -hmm. in this movie, it works. Like her very high energy, bouncy, weird, talking, breaking up of her sentences type of acting works very well uh, in this film. See, it, I'm the it opposite. It really felt like it was written for both of them in my book. I'm um, totally the opposite with her. This movie, she went too far with that quirkiness. She like had to play it up too much. And I actually don't like being a person that defends Anna Kendrick because whatever, like... I don't know her from Sunday, but I've always liked her in most films. Although it's interesting because my first experience with her, with her was Twilight and she plays a total B and. But I, you barely see her. So that's I know, but that's who I thought she was. I was like, oh, that's just an actress playing herself. Uh, and then I went, oh, crap. OK, she's got range and talent. And I know we're talking about her singing ability here in the in the chat, but I, I will defend mm -hmm. her singing ability. I think she does a, a fantastic job as a singer. And like all the movie things, Pitch Perfect is one of my guilty pleasures um <laughs> and i know that movie at least the first one way too well um yeah <laughs> um, so you guys are in the comments talking about the pacing mm -hmm. for me i didn't mind the pacing because i felt like it matched the characters and i felt like if that's what if that's a way that they were going because sometimes it will move too fast sometimes it will move too slow like it moved slow when her life was like kind of like in shambles a little bit it moved fast when he was like taking the taking the forefront but i, I enjoyed it because some people like some some actors that that was in it that i didn't know was in it like really made me laugh like tim roth is hilarious um also that accent for the american accent is terrible oh i was like this is for tim roth sir yes didn't like oh, it at what? all oh, that, southern no Raw? i didn't yeah. like it at all i felt hmm. like it was um I was I felt like I could tell that he was trying to put on an accent and not it just kind of like being a seamless accent. And that could just be so that they were like, like make it weird and like make it like very, very like um extra to show that you're like trying very hard, but these people still can't figure out because they're dumb, can't figure out that you're not who you say, you know, maybe that's a thing. But also I like Riza. Riza was Riza was actually yeah. 
I love me. Rizzo. Yeah, did yeah. not know one. I did not know he was in this film. So when he popped, no, up, really did I? Yeah. I was like, wait a second, and then he always surprises he's like, me though. Every time I see him, he's like oh, yeah. one I'm of like, the funniest. Dude. He's yeah. like one of the funniest so in this good. whole thing. He's like, give me this Elmer Fudd shotgun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And Sam Rockwell had better charisma on camera than Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick. Way, way They're better chemistry. Good, yeah. Um, I wanted to I see like them in a movie together. Good. Like, let Steve and Mr. Wright go run off and be assassins together. That's what I want to see. Um, but I love that they became like besties throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Like, you supposed right. to kill me. Well, you're the only him. person who's gotten. You're the only person who's gotten close to actually doing it. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. All the movie things. What's your take on Mr. Wright? I thought it was a really fun movie. Yeah, there's some like plot things in it that I was able to overlook just because, you know, like Sam Rockwell is just so lovable. I mean, and as soon as, as soon as that title, that, you know, the title, he's like dancing across where the title's revealing behind him. Like, this is just Sam Rock. like, they're just like, okay, Sam, you just do your thing, you know, and they just roll. And like, Sam's just dancing across. Yeah, exactly. Here's a clown nose, go kill some people. Um, yeah, he's just so, I mean, he's just got that charm and that charisma about him. You know, he's just so great. And the way he delivers lines, too, is yeah. just like, he has this great cadence about him and how he just kind of so, like, chummy with everybody, you know, even in the midst of, like, you know, danger. Everything. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, I will say there was, like, the the little, like, plot point of, like, the the main, like, gangster guy trying to like get mm-hmm. them to like hire him just so they can kill him or some kind of like, I was kind of like, ah, eh. that felt a little too convoluted there for me a little bit. But other than that, like, I love the whole, like <laughs> the seed where like they're, they're like on a date and he goes out to like kill this guy. Cause the guy reveals a gun to him and he goes out and like kills him in the back. He's like, Oh, sorry. I said, I go kill someone real quick. And she's just like, oh, haha. Oh, yeah. He was always joke. honest with her. <laughs> I, love, I love that he was always honest with her. Oh, yeah. From the right moment now. they met. Like, and he's yeah. like, I never lied to you. She's like, yeah, but I thought it was more of like a joke. He's like, yeah, no, you never right. asked. Like, you, you assumed yeah. Yeah, that I wasn't problem. telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. And you're right. not taking it as true. Yeah. And I love yeah, Well, yeah. from his perspective, yeah. she kept rolling with it. And like, he kept going, oh, no, totally. I'm cool. So when he kills the first guy in front of her, I think he was just yeah, like, oh, she's like, been cool with this for two days for forty-eight hours or whatever. That was that was really great too. He he, he gets back to the car. He's like, oh God, are you are you are you angry with me right now? Like, what, like you're, you're just shot this dude. He's a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, we talk about we talk about Anna Kendrick. I felt I really felt like she had a really good reaction to seeing somebody yeah. get murdered. Oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. so. I felt, like she, yeah. I felt like she had a really good reaction because first she was just like radio's time station. Let me just put this radio on and have a good time in the car. Yeah, and yeah. Then he sees him kill a guy, and she's and she's just literally in the car like stunned. And I just felt like that was like such a Frozen, great moment, like, like acting. Yeah. Like just to see, you know, as an actor, I love mm-hmm. to see some stuff like that. Totally. So I was like, that's a masterclass. Of watching. That's how you get yeah, shot. Yeah, pretty good. Death. Yeah. I was like, okay. Like I thought it was yeah. really good. So yeah. for me, and he throws the knife fun. at her. Like that whole scene was like <laughs> oh, off God. the top, but it's like, I don't it's mind like, that it was over the top. That, that was, and they yeah, 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 laid the groundwork the there yeah, right. for it to happen later. Had they not laid that groundwork yep. for the end, I would have been like, "This is so stupid." I would have hated the movie outright. Yeah, right. if you don't give me some reason to believe it, and the fact that he like the whole like flow and almost like I felt like they were talking about the force, um, they might as well have been. <laughs> right. um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. loved that. 
but there were um, the plot point that all the movie things brings up really bugs me. The whole idea that there's this side thing going on that literally has nothing to do with Mr. Wright and his girlfriend it has yeah. nothing to do with the, the uh, other cop that, or the fake cop that's trying to take him out. Like none of that has anything to do with it. And mm -hmm. yet we keep focusing on these characters just to drive home this final scene that didn't, that almost didn't need to happen because he kept trying to not kill them. It was weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, it started to just kind of like, okay, are they? And you promised not to here? kill, but then she just completely demolished. And then, yeah, and then I know. She like, <laughs> like, yeah, I popped them. Like, yeah. I did yeah. not believe her in that role, but I also like don't believe her in that role. I don't know. It's hard for me with her because she's she's too goody i guess like i was talking about this with my wife i don't think i could ever see in a sultry role because she's just too awkward like exactly do i that's a great way to put it um so i was mentioning this before the show too there were some technical things that really drove me crazy the lighting in this film was really really bad um there were moments where one character was completely washed out and the other character was in shadow because they didn't like the scene well or they were trying to go for natural light which i understand um, the rain scene at the end seemed totally superfluous and you could tell it was a fire hose um, and there was no need for it. Like there was quite literally a waste of budgetary funds to bring in a fire truck. Uh, the scene would have played just as well. The only thing he wouldn't have been able to do was go, I'm all wet or whatever. She asked him, are you all wet? There was nothing uh, that that needed to be in there for. As far as the flow of the movie, it did. It, I get what Lala was saying, where like the, the flow is different depending on which character you're following. But technically, this is Anna Kendrick's character's film. We're watching her. This is she's the main character. She meets Mr. Wright. She falls in love with him. We get to see him as a side character. And if you look, she's top build. Anna Kendrick is the top build of the film. So I feel like they could have skipped some of this side plot stuff. They could have shorted up a little fast to make it a little faster, which would have made those jokes punchier. They would have hit one after the other rather than a good joke. We're waiting. Another good joke. Now we're waiting. And that's kind of how the film felt. That's why the pacing bothered me is the jokes kept hitting, but so far apart that it couldn't yeah. keep me on that roll that good, funny movies do. Uh, and and Sam, as amazing as is, did, he just couldn't carry the entire film. Um, so with that being said... Um, Let's talk about things I did like about the film. Uh, I love the nose. I love that he actually let her wear the nose. That shows how vulnerable he was with her because that's like his sacred thing that he used. Mm -hmm. um, and I do love the very opening of the film where he just kills the lady and you're like, what the hell? Why <laughs> right. did he do that? Um, so there's definitely moments. I mean, all, that whole thing was like a very good way to like introduce his character to like, you I saw like that's a good plot point. You know, like, exactly who he was. CIA agent type of guy that felt like he was fighting for his country, then got lied to, and tried to, and they tried to kill mm -hmm. him, and then he was just like, and I think he got like I think he had like brain damage or something like that. Or a little, it yeah. seemed like he has brain damage. No, they mentioned. Okay, yeah. I thought. So. And then because um, I didn't get to watch it because I fell asleep all day. Anyway, um, and then for him <laughs> to turn around and be like, oh, okay, the real bad people are the people just trying to kill people, so I'll kill those people. Then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed that plot point. I thought that was very different. I like things that are different and not the same. Like, I stopped being an assassin and other chasing me very, like, burn notice type of thing. Well, he got burned, but still, like, you know. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are, you, are you ragging on burn notice? No, I love burn notice. Okay. I don't watch a lot of TV, a but come a on. Michigan, a Michigan native is in burn notice, okay? Well, and, and one of the best Michigan Sir, natives, besides yourself. Sir Bruce Campbell is in Burnout. Exactly. I can't run on that. Sir Bruce yeah. Campbell. 
he should if americans could have knights he would be one of ours i think i think we would have to give him that um and why can't we have knights american mm -hmm. knights we, we call them dudes so Dude bruce campbell, campbell bruce campbell and bernardus was why i wanted him to be sully for uncharted mm. i can see that mm -hmm. founded on um on french land like detroit is actually a french word mm -hmm. um it's it's, you know, it's actually a french word detroit so it's like one i should be speaking french for one but whatever <laughs> two, i don't know like we we need to have some type of like dignitary so we can like anoint our people that come from here that's so that's a good segue lala speaking of french this movie took place in new orleans and i didn't mm -hmm. notice that uh there was nothing about that that told me told me this movie took place in new orleans so it felt like they didn't either shoot there or didn't get any b-real uh from new orleans and then uh the other part um was there was one cop in the entire film no matter how many bullets were fired thought that was kind of yeah. odd kind of odd hmm. um and he was shot to death oh spoilers mm, sorry the cop dies um <laughs> <laughs> One cop, he's really like the most pointless character in the whole film. Like you, you he's a But I mean, yeah. think about it, he was gonna call for backup a whole bunch of times, but then Tim Roth's character will always slide in and be like, nah, 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 see, this is what you yeah, want. Yeah. Right. So what <laughs> but then when he did call for backup, he was like, they're taking, they're, it's taking forever to get here. And I'm like, okay, so basically this whole movie says the cops in New Orleans in this world are worthless. Because... And who doesn't hear a gunshot inside the restaurant or the bar when he's when he when when the the gun shot outside when he's fighting the guy. Well, they're in New right. Orleans, but so it wouldn't have been that big a deal. It depends on where in New Orleans they I, were. Apparently, I guess. I mean, if they're in the <laughs> wrong place, then it wouldn't have been that weird. Um, or not wrong place, but in a particular place. Uh, I, I agree. There's the whole time that they're fighting outside of her apartment building in that like pool area. Nobody is around. Like it's just our characters. <laughs> yeah. Nobody like looking on or like oh, and I just I'm like wow okay. That to me was as unreal. The amount of no people was as unrealistic as the amount of rain in the final season. It was just like it, or season, final <laughs> scene. It just kept pulling me out over and over again. And it's a comedy. I should probably let that go. But when I notice these things, I, I don't let them go. Well, the um, rain makes more yeah. sense in New Orleans. I mean, let's face it; they get a lot of rain there. True. Yeah, it is like pretty heavy when it when it does come down. It's so it Fair. doesn't rain like a lot. You know, like here in the Northwest, it kind of like has, we have like steady rain, but in like a lot of other areas, like there Maryland's are. the same way. It's like 10 minutes of just heavy fat rain and then it's done. Yeah, we don't get that as much. We, we'll get a mist in like 28 no. hours. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. There's nothing like walking through a mist in Oregon. Welcome to the weather portion of the real study, by the way. Uh, we are going to, no, we're not doing a weather section. Um, There's a front coming off from the east. <laughs> There's a front. Today in weather across the United States, uh, we are getting a storm that they may eventually get over there. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, the rain was out of the blue, Ray says, uh, and the yeah. lack of neighbors was unrealistic. It just, lack of I don't neighbors. Know. And again, it's the budget constraints. They spent a lot of money on some of that action yeah. stuff. Like they they did some decent also action on shots. The actors too. Like, and the actors, agreed. They didn't um, have like broke actors in this, you know what I'm saying? And the Kendrick right. and Sam Rockwell aside, like RZA is a known actor in Hollywood. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure he comes with a hefty price. And Tim Roth. You know? The guy yeah. that plays Vaughn is Jim's Ran or James Ransone. He was in it. He's been in several other things, and it blew my mind. I was like, oh, I've seen this guy in several things, uh, but he's not. Oh well yeah, known, I didn't even think about him being in it. Yeah, he was in. He Anson, played Anson Munt. Anson Munt is in there. I always love his name. Yeah, yeah. That name. 
Uh, the guy that played Moon, um, is that mm-hmm. who you were talking about? Johnny Michael, Michael Upland. Johnny it's Johnny Moon, Moon dude. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I felt so bad for that guy. But yes. I was like, you got beat up and then changed your name to Johnny Moon and wore a, a like, yeah. <laughs> did you not learn what bullies are going to do? I don't know. I, I, I feel like it was very he, taser face like, you know, it was, he face. was like, um, like a real world taser face. Um, no doubt. Yeah. I think that's very a perfect taser. description of him. Taser face. But one of my favorite parts yeah. of that film, one of my favorite parts, because I would say my, the whole movie is my favorite part. Um, one of my favorite parts of that movie is when he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, he's like, I'm Johnny fucking Moon. And he's like, they're in each other's faces. And she's like, I was really thinking, like, were y'all gonna make out? Like, were y'all gonna do? <laughs> Cause honestly, because what was funny to me is that like that whole scene where they were like getting closer and closer, I was like, mm-hmm. are they gonna make out? Like I really had that question, and then she asked the same question, and I cracked I cracked up for like days. Because I was like, <laughs> I really wanted to be kiss. I wanna spin like, yeah. off with their relationship. Like I wanna like, the guy the the number two guy for the the older brother, uh, who was right. always just stoic. What the hell? Yeah. Like what? What kind of a character arc is this? Like he's stoic and broody, and he looks like he's gonna f everybody up the whole movie, and then he can't handle holding a grenade. Like that scene <laughs> bugged me. To know, I end. love that scene so much because he ain't no soldier. It just showed you how yeah, how, like he was just how his... much he was like building up this wall that he was this thing, and he wasn't. He yeah. wasn't this person, hmm. right? I don't he know. Was more of like this. He was more of like this guru to that other character. Yeah. You know, like. So Ray says henchmen don't get character arcs. She's right. They don't get character arcs. (laughs) I I feel like we need more character arc. If a stormtrooper from A New Hope can get an entire book written about him, I feel like henchmen deserve a little more screen time. Yeah. Uh, That's just me. That's the movie we should all make. Henchmen. Henchmen. Yeah. And it's about or just henchman and it's about one henchman. That we I follow it. like his daily life at first, but but his action is toned down and cheaper to shoot, while the action that's actually happening yeah. is all like all this over chaos there. is going around him. Like yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, like, it'd be cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. There like, was there was a comic lunch. book. Like when's lunch going to be? Like even still like that. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love it. No, okay, that that was one of the parts of the movie. I have to say this, Marvelite, and then I'm going to totally go to you. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that when 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 Sam, when Mr. Wright stands up and goes, "Hey guys, look, you guys want to go to your cat, your kids? Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. Nobody wants to do this. Who wants to give up? And the guy stops. He puts his gun down. And he leaves. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. That like, like, never yeah. happens in movies, and it good. needs to happen more often. Mm-hmm. Mr. Marvelite. So, so in the I believe it was the 2015, 2013, 2014 um, uh, Marvel run during the summer because they always do their big events. Um, there was actually a comic book that re- reminds me of what uh, all the movie things said about like doing mm. like a show henchman. Um, it follows one guy who's a member of Hydra and he's just like a typical agent oh, and it takes him and he, it's just one issue and you go home nice. with him. You see the family <laughs> struggles. You see how he wants to like, upgrade to like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the flamethrower guy or whatever it is. I, I've got it. I've got to pull it out, but it's, oh, it's so like good. this one guy and like, oh, it's man. like Madam Hydra noticed me today or whatever. It's like, it's just, I love it. it's the dumbest thing, but it's like, it makes perfect sense of so like good. you know no, it makes, these it makes these guys have these lifestyle these yeah, lives behind they, yeah. and it's like wondering it's like this is a nine it's like a, them, yeah know? it's like Deadpool's yeah. uh Deadpool's buddy in um in the first film where he's like hey yeah from IHOP or whatever it was and like like talking mm-hmm. to him and he's like okay well I I'm gonna knock you out now 
And <laughs> that kind of thing is he's not going to hurt Bob, you know, or whoever it was. Great. Right. Talking about um, the stormtroopers yeah, yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Lala, you were going to say something. That's good. Um, I really don't remember. It's fine. <laughs> on that note um we do have another movie that we're going to get to so we should probably review this one or give our our rating i should say and then we do have a preview which pre-review with sean i am going to stumble my words tonight um so why don't we go ahead with lala she was the one that picked this movie what is your rating okay so uh, i love this film and i would love it as the dawn of time um i give this film a 9.5 oh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if you guys because don't I know did. for Lala, that is ridiculously <laughs> high. Okay, that is wow. Because it it just has elements I love. I love Sam. I love Sam Rockwell. Um, if you're in our Discord, the Real Study Discord, you would know that I love Tim Ross, um, as well. I love my white men, obviously. Look who I'm around. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so. Um, I, I love them. Anna Kendrick for me, uh, Ray is too stunned to, to, to rate because of the, the high number that I gave this. I just think <laughs> I gave it a 9.5 because I feel like this film is just pure fun. Like I can ignore any of the things mm -hmm. that like that were brought up tonight because everything that was brought up tonight is very valid. Like I couldn't be like, oh, but this is because like I can't mm. do any of that. Like, oh, yeah. no, no, I can't do any yeah. of that. It was all, it was all very valid. But I just feel like some films are just meant to be fun. No, uh, totally. Like, I think we all have add, those films too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Budget Constraints to add, could add to like quick writing or like, you know, as mm -hmm. Deadpool would say, lazy writing, however it is. But I just felt like it was super duper fun. It was funny. Mm -hmm. I laughed at it. It's like to see a to it's, and I like a I like a weird concept to see a to see an assassin right. that doesn't kill anybody find love essentially like that's just, and that person kind of comes into their business like let's kill yeah, he's kind of a unicorn in that way you're right yeah, yeah right. you know and then you see the CIA kind of like look for them both and and you can't you can't stop them it's a it's just a great film and I give it a nine point five. Yeah, I love it. I like it. I'll probably like watch it. it tonight before I go to school. <laughs> <laughs> All the movie things. Um, I'm gonna give this one an eight. That was really fun. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, and like, I think, was it you, Snitty? You mentioned there's a location thing where they kept focusing on different stuff about a specific location. Did you mention that earlier? Or was that for the the, the previous film we just reviewed? No, you I said there was, was like dragons, like, like dragons and stuff like that. Yeah, was that was from the previous film. Were... Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Oh no, no, it was from this film. I'm so new. You're right. Yeah, so they, so... they they're on a walk. And Anna, or yeah. sorry, um, Mr. Wright and um, Martha, or Martha, what a terrible name for this character, uh, are trying to get to and know I each other. It. I love, I love oh, it, it works, too, yeah. it works. Um, Martha Agatha, Ooh, what a terrible name. she goes name. off yeah. on like, yeah, she goes yeah. off on like this whole like name thing about, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody just uh, guided our raid. Interesting, that has never happened before. So Mr. Salty Dog, we will be, uh, sorry, Captain, you've earned that title. Uh, we will be raiding uh, his choice here soon. Uh, but no, there's a moment where they're walking through the park, essentially, and it looks like you know, maybe a mm -hmm. cool kids park from New Orleans or wherever this movie was shot. And I, I got this impression that the director loved this area or the, you know, whoever the 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 right. location scout, because they kept focusing more on this park than they did the actors so my, walking through a scene anyway. Yeah. So so the thing I was going to mention about that was like sometimes what happens with those kind of situations is maybe they like 
paid a good chunk of money to use it. And so they're like, we're going to maximize as much footage as we can and maximize as much time as we can because we paid a lot of money for this. So then they're like, feel, okay, now we got to use some of this in the, in the edit somewhere. So I feel like that's one of those elements, you know, sure. they did, but, um, but, uh, but besides that, like it's, there's just a fun, fun concept. Yeah. I love Sam Rockwell. Um, I will say Anna, Anna Kendrick is a little forgettable in it. Like it felt a lot like it was a Sam Rockwell film for me, you know, which was great. Like I, I was along for the ride. I loved all the little, the little fun, you know, miscommunication things that they kept having, you know, so um, yeah, that was great. I love it. Mr. Marvelite. Um, I probably would give this an eight as well. Um, I would say this is probably my my more favorite role for Anna Kendrick than some of the other stuff I've seen. Uh, whereas, you know, like Pitch Perfect and stuff is more of a guilty pleasure for some people. Um, I'm not a big fan of it. And it's nothing against the films. It's just, I don't know. When my wife obsessed on, on, on Pitch Perfect, I kind of just like got turned off by it. And she knows that and she's okay with it um we'll watch know, it with but, but it's weird though because i say that as um i'll be i'll be on tiktok and there'll be a scene from one of the pitch perfect movies and for whatever reason i am compelled to watch it i don't know why Maybe it's just, <laughs> because you know, it's to, a comedy like, gold it's not even look uh, pitch perfect doesn't get the the just desserts that it that it needs because it's got elizabeth banks behind that film like she is putting her heart and soul yeah, into that sure. film and I think it shows because she's so dedicated in Hollywood and I think she gets shafted constantly. Anyway, that's just, I love Elizabeth Banks, but yeah, that's beside the point. Yeah. So, so I, and again, Sam Rockwell is probably like the, 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 the crowning, you know, point of the film for me. I just like his chemistry. Um, he can make, he can make, you know, even some mundane things fun. Um, literally every time I watch him in a film, I want to go back and watch Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And that film is really not <laughs> yeah. good compared to the book. But it's still because it's got Sam Rockwell in it. I love it. Um, so, so yeah, I would say an eight, and I would definitely watch this as a twelve-year-old. Um, and I probably would give it. I would probably rate it a little bit higher because I like. I, I would like the action, um, and I probably would pay attention to the plot hole. So I'd probably give it like an eight point five. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes, Biggie. We did know Sam. Yes, we all know that Sam do. is in TMNT, and he is the cigarette. Uh, slinging yes. gang member who ends up ratting out Shredder in the end, um, which we love. Uh, <laughs> yes, and that was his absolute first role. Um, and yet he, this is the only movie I can think of that he didn't get a close-up on his feet dancing. He crushed it, though. <laughs> oh, he did a great job. I love him in the film. Um, does he dance? Oh, yeah. Does he does he dancing in that at all? There is dancing no. like with the foot, but I don't he know. Doesn't if we do ever see it. He doesn't do it, but in yeah, every yeah. other film, I swear it's in his contract to get a I close up of his too. feet like, dancing, and it's got his particular moves that Sam does. Dancing. Yeah, I want to see the, the super cut. He does the same moves, like he moves his feet like really really fast. Like, yeah, he does his little twisty. Yeah. He does that all the Absolutely. time. Oh, that's yeah. because he he used to like break dance back in the day or something like that when he was like in New York. Oh, funny. Is that how they found him? Wow. Probably. That'd be cool. Um, we all love Sam. Uh, and that's part of the reason pretty much suggest a Sam Rockwell movie. We'll review it. I mean, nobody on this panel is going to say no. Uh, the, we might just start calling the show Sam Rockwell, the show. Um, yeah. If he's not in a movie or adjacent to it, we don't want to talk about it. Anyway, that aside, um, I'm going to give this movie a six. Uh, I think that... Um, that's not my comment. 
I said, I think because of what I said about the brass teapot, <laughs> this is my second favorite movie of the three. Uh, spoilers. Um, ah, oh, goodness. And oh, being that it's a six, uh, I, I think, again, I would tell people watch this movie. I would say watch it, but I would say don't get your like, expectations week. up high. I would say just enjoy yourself. Just walk through it like a fun comedy and oh. you'll enjoy yourself. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to hype anybody on this film. I wouldn't be like, "Oh, it's amazing," and then they'd watch it and go, "Shit, no, it wasn't." That would, because um, I don't care. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, like, now, to be fair to Lala, to you love it. Lala, you love it. No, we do. To be fair to Lala, she sat through the Need for Speed movie with me with, uh, <laughs> um, with. Um, <laughs> why, do, why do I forget his name? Um, the actor that, oh, that's the, um, the main in Need for Speed. Um, uh, Ethan Hawke. Oh. Oh, no. um, uh, it's it's Jesse yeah, from yeah, Bad Breaking Bad. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, that one. I'll say anyway, that one. Okay. I, it's one of my guilty pleasure films. I love it to death. I love it for every possible reason that most people hate it, and I talk about it in the Very same cool. way Lala talked about Mr. Right. So I totally understand yeah. where she's coming from, and it's weird because I feel about this movie kind of the way she felt about it. Like, oh, it was watchable, but I'll never watch it again. And like, yeah. You know, um, it Aaron, was Paul. Aaron Paul, thank you, yeah, um, Paul. who I do love. Um, and I would love to torture you that two way. with that movie sometime, but we'll, we'll talk no, about that another please time. No. Um, <laughs> that aside, we do have the pre-review with Sean uh, here coming up. Uh, and then we will, of course, move into 8-Bit Christmas. Um, I think I did get all the ratings this time. I didn't forget Mr. Uh, Mr. Marvelite. Oh, or I, have, I, have, Cindy, I, have, sure. I have a question real quick. When, when they are watching the pre-review, can they hear us talking in there? No, you guys are totally silent, but I won't, you won't know I'm coming back. That's the only reason I ever um, just, oh, okay. yeah, you guys sure. can talk, but okay. as soon as you hear me, I guess, uh, yeah. or as soon as it looks like it's going to everyone end, will like whatever right. the final movie is, but you know, That's all you you guys are watching. Yeah. so, all right. That being yeah. said, let's give Sean his time in the glory. Hey, Here we go. How's, How's it going? Real study viewers. I'm Sean and I'm back with this week's pre- review you know those movies that are you know we're gonna get overshadowed because they released on the same weekend as a huge blockbuster well that's the feel i'm getting from nightmare alley this guillermo del toro directed film starring bradley cooper rooney mara and kate blanchett looks absolutely awesome uh takes us on a journey of bradley cooper playing a carney who is either a medium or a con man, I don't know which. And he gets tied into Kate Blanchett's character, who I believe is a psychiatrist, and this just looks like an amazing film. I hope it doesn't get too overlooked. Why would it get overlooked? Oh, only because it's Spider-Man weekend. Spider-Man No Way Home. I feel like we've been talking about this movie for years, literal years. It could quite possibly be years that we've been talking about this movie. This will change the Marvel Cinematic Universe in ways that I don't think people are ready for as we finally explore the multiverse. We're going to bring in a whole new cast of characters and possibly some more spider people. I cannot wait. I this This movie is full of everybody has hopes and dreams for this. I hope we haven't built it up too much that people feel let down. I'm just excited for the story that we're going to get. I cannot wait to watch Spider-Man No Way Home. 
I'll see you Sunday at 11.30. Moving on to streaming, Disney Plus is finally going to bring us Ron's Gone Wrong. I actually covered this film back when it was coming to theaters, and now it's coming to Disney Plus. It is the story of how in the future, surprise, surprise, everybody has their own robot who posts on social media for them. Only, I believe, one little boy gets one that isn't just quite right. This looks like a great film, and I can't wait to watch it. It seems like it's been far too long, but Netflix is finally going to bring us Witcher Season 2, and I cannot wait for this. I love the fact that in between the seasons, we heard that there were going to be character changes made, and Henry Cavill actually stood up to the production crew and said, Look, I'm not going to do this unless it follows the books, which the books are incredible. So I love the fact that they're following the books. I, I played all the games. I've read several of the books. I cannot wait to see where season two takes us because y'all watch out. Siri is awesome. You're not going to be disappointed. Also coming to limited theater release, but coming to Apple TV Plus, we have Swan Song. This is starring Marshala Ali, and let me tell you, it looks absolutely, whew, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, it's set in the not-too-distant future where a man who is terminally ill basically has the choice to create a perfect clone of himself that is fully healthy, that can go and live with his family as if nothing happened while he is left to pass away from this terminal illness. I, wow, this trailer looks incredible. I'm pulled into this movie already. Cannot wait to watch this one. I, as soon as it's on video on demand, I'm going to have to get it. Thanks for watching Real Study Viewers. I'm Sean, and we'll see y'all next week. And thanks to Sean for the pre-review. That was a, a nice and long one. Uh, he had a lot to talk about this week. And, um, <clears throat> I think he brings up some good points that maybe we should uh, bring up. Here at The Real Study, we do not believe in spoilers unless you're forewarned in advance. Um, everybody is going to be seeing Spider-Man No Way Home, but there are a few of us like myself who are stuck not being able to see the movie until it's released on Blu-ray or DVD, digital, which means I'm going to have to hear next week about everybody's reactions about this movie, which is going to drive <laughs> me further into this hole that I've been digging myself into, which is... I don't care about Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, it's nobody's fault. I do want to watch this movie, but I, I'm at the I'm at the point where I'm I've reached my fill. If I hear anything else about this movie, it's Sony fault. I'm not gonna watch it. Like I, I'm already at the point where I'm not gonna. It's not it's gonna Sony's live up fault. to my expectations. It's not, and that's a shame, and that's my problem. But I like to try to find ways to mitigate that. And one of those is that I'm not going to talk about it too much. So after next week, once it comes out, you won't hear me talking about Spider-Man at all. And I, there will be like a radio silence on the show, at least once the movie is released for that reason. So um, thank you guys for that little PSA I get to put out. Yeah. Um, are you guys excited about it, though? Because I do want to hear how excited you guys are. Eh. So, <laughs> so it's, it. It, I'm kind of in the same position. Like, again, like if I, the only way I go to a movie at this point is if I get an, an early screening, that way I can kind of beat the crowds of people. And I have been looking at like the AMCs and Regals in my area and they are to max capacity. 
And yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be like a, you know, a terrified person here. I'm just trying to be reasonable. You know, with Omicron and all this stuff that's going on, it's like, I would hate for Spider-Man be the, be the part, you know, the reason why we end up having lockdowns <laughs> right. and stuff again. Um, so I probably won't see it um, unless like, I, I'm, I'm considering like seeing how many followers on TikTok that I have in the DC area and maybe mm-hmm. pri- doing a private rental of a theater like after a week or so. Um, so that's, that's something that I've thought about. Um, what's that one, that theater that's in like Alexandria? That's like a night, like, isn't it like an Edwards or something? That big one, or is that an AMC? There, it's an A, there's an AMC IMAX. There's one I used to go to when I was, when I lived in Maryland, there's one in Alexandria I used to go to. Oh yeah. Time. Like right off of, um, yeah. like Eisenhower and, um, Telegraph yeah. Road. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh-huh. I used to, I used to, that was like, that was like my stomping ground. So I yeah. absolutely oh, okay, know what cool. you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's a really cool one there. Um, I probably would probably the, the cool thing is we have um, the Udavar Hazy um, Air and Space Museum. And so they have an IMAX theater that in the evenings yeah. they play these movies. And so that is also a good opera, you know, idea of like a way to try to, to do it. If you're not wanting to go to the theaters and be around yeah. tons of people, it's only people specifically for that film. So, you know, there are options, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. 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 Um... Well, I have tickets to see it December 16th, and it's pretty much sold out. Like, I got one of the last, like, maybe six seats, and I'm pretty sure those seats are gone. Um, But, like, we got good seats and everything. It's kind of, like, spaced out, and um, I don't know. I'm not worried about it. I'll wear my mask. I'm vaccinated and things like that. So, I know there's a new strain going around, but I wanted to see this movie in theaters, so I I bought a ticket. So, yeah. so see i'm about to invest in a 70 or 80 inch tv just so i can stop dealing with not being able to see things on a decent sized screen i um, expect that <laughs> right. right now i'll be honest i'll be very honest i watch all my movies on a high def tablet now it's a beautiful picture and i can put in earbuds and get beautiful sound it's still just not the same um and i know that but that's where I'm at. And so as much as people are like, oh, you don't get to enjoy your mind. I'm like, I can still pull as much as I need from a film, honestly, from viewing yeah. it on a small screen. Um, the only thing I'm missing is that theater experience, but I haven't done that in years. So like, honestly, mm, I'm not really yeah. missing that much. Uh, I wasn't going to the theater all the time before the pandemic. I was going occasionally. I was, like, Pretty much a Marvel oh, man, movie would too. draw me or a Jeez. Star Wars movie yeah. would draw me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly just because I, it was easy for me to just buy voodoos. Like yeah. just... Usually I wake up on my birthday and go straight to the movies. Like I'll wake up as early as the first movie that I want to see like starts. Cool. And I will go see how many movies I can see back to back to back on my birthday and then take myself out to eat and then go back home. Treat oh, yourself, yeah. right? It's cool. Yeah. Exactly. No, I like it. Um that being said, uh Brian, you didn't give us your are you excited about knowing home? I, I once upon a time I was, but I, it's just been such <laughs> saturation with this. It's just like yeah. it's almost like I have to see it now. It's like an obligation, in a way. You know, I'm still yeah. excited. I've tried to like avoid as much as possible. You know, um, I feel like I'm gonna be in the theater when we do see Toby and Andrew. I'm gonna be like, oh, I did not see this coming. Everybody, everybody collectively <laughs> in the theater will go, gas. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, been, it's right. been like show that they're in there. Like somebody posted a, I saw a video yeah. where 
um somebody put their names in the credits when they listed it online like people's yep. been i'm just like who gets fired today that's the <laughs> that, that, okay. It's look. just so much. Yeah, just, it's just but, too much. I know I'm on TikTok. I know that it's my responsibility to you know filter my own feed. I get that. Yeah, I yeah, do understand I that. Yeah, and yeah. I do swipe. But when I when I start on a swipe and I hear Spider-Man, Spider-Man, right. Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man, and then I hear the Thirst Trap song that will <clears throat> shut up right now. Like I can't avoid that either. <laughs> yeah. Um it's a ring I'm light or it's Spider-Man too, right now. Like, what am I on TikTok <laughs> for? Ring lights and Spider-Man. Oh, That's Mr. all I want. Anyway. Yeah. By the no, way, so do mine. Your thirst trap was beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, yeah. but you know, I, I will. Uh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, your thirst trap was delicious. Oh yeah, it was delicious. Yes, that Red Bull was fantastic. Um, but no, but honestly, like that's part of the reason why. If you look at my my, I'll do some stuff about Spider Man, but I feel like it's being oversaturated by so many other things. Like there is so much of Marvel to talk about, especially with the Hawkeye series out right now. That. Okay we're doing an injustice to the stuff that's currently out and they're and it's like it's yeah, like almost exactly. another point of where it's like okay people were trying to complain cuz hawkeye is like the the most underperforming um debut for a right, Disney, for Plus Disney Marvel Plus. series and we're talking about the mm-hmm. first year of freaking Marvel movie or Marvel I know, shows like Marvel shows and, exactly like and 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 and, 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 and we're talking about how and what's yeah, underperforming and so, mean what does that mean it means right. that it didn't have as much as WandaVision or Logan exactly. and it's like yeah, or, yeah. you know Falcon Winter Soldier and honestly if you think about it there was a lot of hate um, post Endgame and even like beginning of this year mm-hmm. of people wanting to recast Jeremy Renner because they, you know, because of like anytime that there is a, a custody battle, you have got to take anything that's reported about a celebrity with a grain of salt. Hence the Amber Heard with Johnny Depp thing um, yeah. and with Jeremy Renner. There was accusations about him partying and using drugs in front of his daughter. But every time you yeah. see him like pictures with whether paparazzi or whatever, he is a doting father. And you know, our Why celebrities our business, are not like, exactly celebrities are not meant to be moral compasses for us. Right. No, um, yeah. They're they're supposed <laughs> to make good films, and right. if they happen to be like awesome people, like Robert Downey Jr., that is a yeah, bonus. Like, hey, when you bonus, exactly, when you pull yeah. up to McDonald's to get your Big Mac, do you give a flying f if the if the drive-through person is having an affair? No, you want no. your burger and you want to get the f out. Just watch the movie, guys. Like, exactly. I mean, sometimes I sometimes I ask just randomly. It's like, hey, you how's your to... love life right now? Like, yeah, yeah. It, well, it's like it's it's kind of like just the whole thing about small talk. That's how I make small talk. It's like it's kind of like the whole thing about like you know when we talk about even like you know people with sexual sexual orientation or you know yeah. you know sexual preferences. Right. That's none of our business. Keep right. you know, yeah. shut up. It's you know, don't go into other people's bedrooms and then be appalled because they're not doing what you're doing in yours. Exactly. So it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, no, I, it's it's like a big thing of like we're we're too nosy of a society that you know we have to know these things. And I guess I get it. The co- the gossip columns and honestly, the the thing that like with my grandmother and you, and you guys probably have like with older family members. Like I remember going into the the grocery store and the one request my grandmother would make of me was to go to the tabloids and get tabloids for her. And I would literally grab the tabloids off the thing and I would just talk about, I was I cannot believe she makes me get these things for her because it just drove me nuts that she believed that there was a bad boy in Missouri. Or, bad boy, man. You know, all this, and then it was talking about like how Rosie O'Donnell, you know, is secretly thin or, or stuff like this. And it's like, do I really care? And why does somebody else care about something? It's, it's because their lives are so boring. And I know I'm sounding preachy, but it's like, you know, just let people be. And and there was a lot of hate for, you know, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. And so it makes sense that there would be, you know, people are warming up to it. But of course, now everybody loves, you know, Kate Bishop. Um, Haley Steinfeld mm-hmm. is, is blowing it up. People are now yeah. empathizing with, with Clint Barton now because we're seeing more of a, you know, 
there was an idea of giving you not seen... more screen time. We got Lala and, plugging and... her ears there. Oh, Lala. Oh, You're not sorry. watching Hawkeye? I'm not going to tell you any spoilers. Not right now. I'm not telling oh, you any spoilers. Man. I was like, man, no, we got to be I'm careful saying, here. Okay. I'm just saying, like, you you really do empathize for Jer- for Clint Barton and for, you know, what he's gone through in the last, you know, 10 plus years life, yeah. as a as a hero. And you he's fleshed out more, I think, in the series than in anything that we've seen him in in the movies. And we've only got these small glimpses. And so for people to hate on that or even to try to be- make things negative, I get it. Spider-Man is coming out, but let's just focus on wow, the hate, bro. now. Like- Wild the hate, bro. Well, also all these other great, all these all the other great films that have come out that are coming out. Like yes. that's why I've been talking about the Matrix so much on my page. Like I'm kind of like I you know. am so excited about that, and it's like oh man, me too. We uh, are, I just so I wanted to ask you guys, and while we're on the show, and and this tonight's show is going to kind of kind of off the rails here, but that's fine. Um, right. We could literally let Eight Bit Christmas hit till next week because we're going to do Christmas movies anyway. But I don't want to do that to Marvelite and have that be his like automatic pick. Right. Um, so we could still hit it here in fifteen minutes. But the question for sure um, that oh god, I lost what I was going to say. Oh, you might want to make Eight Bit Christmas my automatic pick for next week because if you let me pick something for next week, it's going to be Die Hard. Okay, Eight Bit Christmas <laughs> it is. Eight um, Bit Christmas it is. Uh, that being said. Um, I had a point that I was going to try to make, and it's just... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. The Matrix. Uh, thank you. Somebody said it. Right. Um, so we are going to have The Matrix. It's been listed on our poster wall uh, for weeks and weeks now that we are going to review it. But my question to you guys is, and I would love to hear uh, what the chat has to say on this as well, is do you think we should just review the series? Oh. I don't know. I feel like we really need to give Matrix, this new Matrix film, like its own. It'd be great to do that right. as a thing, but... Yeah. I, I almost feel like I did just see the original in IMAX, which was freaking phenomenal. Like it's it's oh, crazy yeah. how it's like twenty years old and it still holds up. I mean, yeah, so good. I well, like the, kid again, what we could do yeah. is we could dedicate an hour, the second hour of the show, to the new movie, but spend the first hour talking about everything how we feel about the original the films and leading up. And that way, we don't have to yeah. spend too much time on each film, and we just kind of keep that original trilogy and the Animatrix kind of open to talk about leading mm-hmm. into the new film. You know, but if we're also going to reference the Animatrix, rings. but you also remember the video game that came out because I was just say the video that game was too. that was yeah. crucial to yeah they're the all connected. As well. yeah. One that actually cru- is crucial to the story, and the two other ones uh, that are just right. Because you know, if, if you don't know, if you if you don't know, I think it was called uh, Matrix Reload. Uh, Reloaded was the second movie, right? Right. So there's Enter the Matrix, yeah. which is the, Enter the, the Matrix the was the one that led into Reloaded. Yeah, right. and then there's yeah. Neo, the the path of the one. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Matrix online role playing game, right? Uh, which is where we get story, the MMO, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm just throwing it out there as an idea. It doesn't mean we have to. We can find plenty of other movies. There are literally thousands of movies we can review and thousands of movies we haven't seen. So there's no reason why we couldn't just do that movie and a few others. I mean, we we could totally just because there's so. I mean, there's literally college courses about Matrix and philosophy. Like we could have a whole show just about. Yep. All the metaphor that's in there, all the things that they're trying to say, all the philosophies behind mm-hmm. the Matrix, all and, the and, you know, <laughs> yeah, all the, yeah. All the things, <laughs> right. all the Matrix all things, the, <laughs> all the Matrix things. And it. it's yeah. funny though because if you really think about it, like the Matrix t- took so much out of the Wachowskis, like it, right. it, it had to have been taxing. And then of course, it yeah. was, what was the next thing that they made, which was Speed Racer? And it's like, okay, it yeah. makes perfect sense that they would go into that because I think they were so creatively spent from the matrix yeah, uh, for sure. like saga that it just took everything out of them. Yeah. Agreed. Which I, I still agree. like speed racer. I, 
I, you will find me as the first person to be just a Wachowski stand, like my page on TikTok might as well. Well, thank you, Mr. Marvel. I, you didn't have to do that. That was really no, uh, awesome of you. No, Black Girl Marvel just gifted the sub for me. Yeah. Oh, oh she gifted. Sorry, I saw two different names and I'm not used to this. So Black Girl Marvel, thank you very much thank for the subscription you. to Mr. Marvel Light, to The Real Study. Uh, that was very cool of you. Uh, it does fix itself, Jack of Spades. Um, you know, we're we're a coast-to-coast -coast, uh, national show with a small budget. We're going to have some issues. Roll. We're going to roll with it. Um, but I do appreciate you pointing that out in case I could have fixed it. Not that I could have. Um, so we'll go ahead and say 8-Bit Christmas next week. We've got another 15 minutes. Uh, why don't we... Oh, we can't talk about Hawkeye. Never mind. Lala wow. isn't caught up, so we can't talk about Hawkeye. Um, yeah. I was so excited to talk about it, too, because all four of these episodes have been really good. Um, yeah. That's been fun. The most right. I want to so, say is, oh, so man, there's bro. A anyway. There's a show called Hawkeye out. There mm -hmm. you go. Oh. That's it. Yeah. Go watch it. Jeremy Renner's in it. <laughs> Jeremy Renner, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We've, we've talked about a couple of uh, Pitch Perfect things going on. Haley Steinfeld was in yeah. Pitch Perfect 2 and 3. So. And 3, yeah. She yeah. Sings, that was my first she's, she's an excellent singer. Yeah. So, you didn't see True Grit before? I have not seen True Grit. Really? Oh, oh it's a man. great film. Oh, Do you know why? Oh, right? Because you hate cinema? I, I don't Western. know why. <laughs> I hate Westerns. I don't like Westerns. Oh, Westerns. Oh, that's right. so good. Hey, that's fine. So but you got to find, you got to like, if people want to watch a Western, it is you not the typical cinema. I, I bet. I'm that sure. Brothers. It is, it is I know. the DJ. rambling of like a demented old bounty hunter, basically. Man, yeah. And I get this it. girl who's trying to keep him focused while he's on the socks. Right. I mean, that's basically yeah, yeah, all yeah. of it. There's no so reason I shouldn't see it. It's Coen Brothers. Yeah. It's Jeff Bridges. It's Matt Damon. It's Haley Steinfeld. Mm -hmm. The only oh, thing that's stopping me is that it's literally yeah. a remake of a John Wayne film, and I have never in my life seen one John Wayne film on purpose. I okay. won't watch one. You wouldn't get all the more to reason to see this then. Yeah. So that you I get to see that. the good story, but without his crazy version. Exactly. Did you watch Hateful Eight? Uh, yes, I did. It's Tarantino, okay. like so. It was kind of an automatic on my list. Yeah. Right. So, so, so think of think of it not be like in genre, but not in genre. It's it's definitely yeah. so. It's the Cullen's it Western. Oh, and That's and the um uh, and and um what what's his name? Um, Matt Damon. Matt yeah. Damon's character cracks yeah, yeah, me yeah. up in that film. <laughs> like he is uh -huh. like, yes, it is. It is great. Okay, yeah. you guys are convinced. Oh, I guess you didn't you didn't hear it. So we're gonna do 8-bit Christmas as Marvelites pick next week for a Christmas movie. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that at all. He was gonna pick very hard otherwise. And so we're gonna we're gonna skip past that. I love the threat. I love the threat. Yeah. Solid threat. And we're just kind of chatting film. We don't get to ever really do this on the show. We don't just get to like I've already said we can have a show where we just chat. There's no movies we're reviewing, we should just talk. That's true. There, now you can't avoid it. Um, so yes, Jack of Spades. Westerns to me are, nice. it's for an era that's about 15 years. And yet for some reason, it's a whole genre of film. The Western Ooh. takes place in such a small period of time. Well, that's because history. they did so many of them during that time that that's why we didn't see so many of them for so long, because it was just, they just saturated the market with right. Westerns during that time. 
that mm -hmm. Hollywood's just like, all right, we're not doing Westerns for a long time. And they would just trickle one here out, you know. Same thing with monster but, movies. There was a reason we yeah. didn't have monster oh, movies yeah, yeah. all through the 80s and uh -huh. 90s and, and even 2000s. Because they did because them so much. They overdid yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same thing with Universal movie monsters. They keep mm -hmm. trying to bring them back, but I don't think we've yeah. been saturated still to this point with them. So we're not ready to well, move to another Universal movie monster franchise it's the reason why people are thinking that there's only a shelf life for more like for comic book or superhero movies that yeah. that at some point people are just gonna get tired of and i think the, the the important thing is like if you look at like the dc films and i'm not saying that i don't like the dc films they kind of keep to this this chemistry that you do get tired of after a while whereas like with marvel they at least kind of change the genre up a little bit but still there are people that will face fatigue um right. it's kind of like it's kind of like the whole zombie thing for like the walking dead and everything oh man. i love yeah. that film and i was a diehard you know um for the show and then after i think it was like season six or seven i just i stopped paying attention so mm -hmm. it became very very repetitive and yeah unpredictable. also when they also yeah, deviated from the comic books it bothered me i don't like, mind really that I, I don't i don't mind comic books being a little different because i want a nice fresh take and i had read all the comics before the show started so like yeah. When I walked into it, I was like, oh, neat chain. Okay, different. And like it threw me for a loop. So I don't mind slight yeah. changes. That's why I like the MCU because if you've read the comics, you think Mephisto should have been here already. And obviously it's not. <laughs> so, um, you know. Have you heard people talk about the the watch, the watch and Hawkeye joking that it's Mephisto's? Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's, just, it's a watch. Like you <laughs> There's a watch in the show. It's just a watch. There's a watch in the show. That's yeah, it. A watch. Yeah, yeah. It's, a lot, it's, it's just a joke. It's not an actual thing. It's not Mephisto. No spoilers. People are joking because Mephisto, since since WandaVision, people wanted Mephisto. So people are just keeping the Mephisto joke going with, yeah. with this show, too. <laughs> you know what I miss yeah. about the Marvel shows from this year, more than anything, is Alligator Loki. And I... I want that song <laughs> to be playing 24-7. Yeah. Um, I loved that week. That was like my favorite week of Marvel this year because it was just so It was fun really good. And it was just yeah, a fun yeah. week. Um, yeah. It's almost like this is what it's been like being on TikTok and on The Real Study is that it's more like captured moments than, uh -huh. I don't know, it's interesting. It's like trends. It's like you, you ride the trend and then oh, yeah. you, you kind of miss it when it's gone. And it's it's like going back and thinking about like even the trends from like last year and then going into this year, it's like, Things are so different now. Yeah. I feel I feel like too that it's like influencing maybe not fully influencing, but it but it is kind of informing part of like how my like viewing experience is because of the experience I'm having with like all of you and everyone in the chat and just people on TikTok. So it's like totally informing how I'm like experiencing a whole like movie or a series because I, I feel like it's almost amplifying it in a way and in, in a good way in my no, I like that and, yeah no that makes sense because like especially um, with loki like people were just like going crazy for loki and could not stop talking about loki and all the great theories that everyone was having and, and talking about it, like and i was disappointed at loki I was very oh no <laughs> i, I love loki visually See, visually visually i would say that visually loki oh, man, is the no. best show everything visually. for me the colors, the different worlds, the lighting, like visually Loki is like beautiful. Story-wise, it was okay, but the way that they nerfed mm. Loki to support other characters throughout the show, I just wasn't a fan of. Like they rushed his character, like they killed him in Endgame and then brought spoilers. us back to the Loki that we, sorry, spoilers. 
they, at they this point, him. really? They, I'm kidding. Yeah. Kyle. They, right. him in, they killed him in Endgame. Then to bring him, then brought us the Loki that we all fell in love with, like the crazy, you know, um, orphaned, you know, Loki, to only rush his progress by showing him images that didn't exactly happen to him to get him to kind of be muted in a way. I just wasn't a fan of it. I just, I felt like he was way more adept at a lot of things than a lot of people in that world, but got bested by a lot of people. I think it was, what was interesting for me was the fact that like that, that second to last episode was the most like fulfilling in the sense of, you know, he, he could change. And I think the whole idea was, People keep having this concept that, you know, you're stuck in this path. You you can't change, you know, who you are. Um, Loki, through the entire series, had this awakening that first he was vulnerable, vulnerable enough to tell Mobius that, you know, you know, he, he doesn't like hurting people, that he does this because he's the one that's afraid and he's the one that has fear and he's the one grasping for power. And then you see that moment where he's still playing his tricks through the next couple episodes to the point of where he sees the Sylvie character as a antagonist, but yeah. then at, the more he gets to know her, the more he becomes a, akin to her. And the the I believe that that nexus moment when they had on on that planet right before they died was not them falling in love. It was the nexus. It was a, a moment where Loki, just like Sylvie, because everybody says, well, you know, her being a female was. Um, I had this whole theory, but. Um, it was Loki realizing he's not the villain of the story, that he can be mm-hmm. something different. And well, if she can upon, be something different, he could be something different. Based upon what Lala just said, the way that they describe the Loki that we know from the, the MCU that we know, his whole purpose in existence is to guide other people's life. But why right. is this mm-hmm. Loki any different? He also is there to guide that other this, to guide Sylvie just, to guide you know it just but I, I feel like I feel like though I feel like Sylvie was mm. already who she was she didn't change right. yeah yeah he was the one that was more being changed by her because he saw he saw in her the ability that you know at an early age she was like looking for good things she was playing with the Valkyrie yeah. toy you yeah. know with the idea of ma- imagining herself being a hero that was something that Loki did not do in the in the normal MCU timeline. And so when he came to the conclusion that he could be different, and I think that was the thing that the thing that hurt him the most of that last episode when, when they were with the one who was above all, um, or the he who remains. Um, he he wanted to stop and think of the greater good and consider that maybe they were wrong. She refused to do it, and all she saw was him wanting to grasp for power again. And I think that's where it was like the biggest gut wrench for him because he really was trying to think if he's you know, as bad as he is, he's the better of the versions of himself. Yeah, and that was my concept. Maybe too. we're wrong yeah. for what we're wanting to do, and maybe as much as it hurts us, he's right. And that's right. something a Loki yeah. doesn't do. So I just, I just feel like it was very rushed. I don't have a problem with him being like a better person, a better Loki. I have no issue with that. I just feel like because the, these Marvel TV shows are like, I'm gonna give you eight, six to eight episodes you have to like put a lot in an episode. And I feel like his transformation, because he was literally two seconds ago, the lo- the war criminal Loki that went to New York and destroyed this place that was mm-hmm. still hurt over his, over his father and his brother. And then he gets kidnapped. I mean, not kidnapped, but he gets, well, essentially he got kidnapped, but he gets snatched into this, into this other place and it immediately changes 
because he's seen a version of himself go through this and he never physically went no, through but you're, it. So, I think you're discounting what he goes through while he's at the TVA. Those moments I'm not, I'm are big for him. Like the, the, he loses I'm, all control, the infinity stones, like those no, things. No, I, I get that, I but I feel like his character arc was just super quick. It was no, just, no, I get. I was gonna say, I, like, I, I understand that. No, no, I, Wanda, I, I like that he saw like the Infinity Stones and was like, "Do y'all, y'all use these as paperweights?" Like, is it? I like those moments, but I feel like when they pumped all that past information and showed him all that past information, it changed his character. So it was future information for him, but right. and, and you know, theoretical, <laughs> right? It's, yes, it's a whole different. No, I agree. Loki, it'll, it'll never happen to him. I just. I like again. Maybe they should have added another episode. <laughs> no, no. It, where no it, with all the other characters we've had TV shows more. about, Lala, you're totally right. Wanda, we had a lot of backstory with um, with Sam. We literally got everything leading up into him trying mm -hmm. to take the shield and what that meant. We had a ton of movies with backstory for him. With Loki, the backstory doesn't work because this is a different Loki. You're right. The backstory that we have isn't his actual backstory. You're right. It so they do have work. to cram it in there. So I mean, that's why right it kind of works sense. for me because it is a different Loki because it's like he kind of but, this, this Loki gets to start fresh in a way and gets to like take this new path that the original Loki wasn't ever going to take. So if you consider in the main MCU timeline, the death of Frigga is kind of like the crux for him to you know, cooperate with Thor again. And it kind of leads, right. he does, you know, he does his little trickster things. He, you know, banishes his father, you know, he banishes Odin to earth. Um, and we have these things that he does, but he doesn't do anything overly terrible. You know, th he doesn't do anything good. Um, mm -hmm. I almost wonder that if in the Loki series, um, he, he was vulnerable. He admitted what was going on with him. We see him in a more vulnerable point that we've seen him other than when Frigga dies and I almost wonder if his motivation for like going to the timekeepers, knowing that regardless of what he does, Frigga will always die. That may have been part of his, his push as to why, you know, he was willing to even cooperate with the TVA because he thought maybe if he could get with them, stab them in the back, so he could change the timeline for that as well. Um, because I think he knew, he knew what he was going to be and he knew that he was a failure and he was accepting that. And it wasn't until, you see later on, especially with Sylvie, and then you see with Mobius where he says, you know, if anyone's ever told you you can't change, you know, they were wrong. And um, he realized it, he could actually he could actually be fighting for himself as well. I don't know. I, I, I'm i glad we're getting a season two because I think there's a lot more to explore with the characters. Spoilers. Um, totally. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> <of course. laughs> I don't know. I, just, I think I everybody just that's in our chat has seen it, but still. I just want, I just didn't want it to be as rushed as it just felt very rushed. It didn't feel like, cause I, like I said in the, in the comments, I felt like it was forced upon him to essentially give us a version of the in-game Loki that they killed because essentially this Loki, cause he could easily be like the in-game Loki. He sacrificed himself. He didn't see himself as a villain. Like he put himself on the line, which is what Loki has never done. But in the show, he puts himself on the line continuously for TVA agents, for Mobius, for, um sylvie so i yeah, feel like as the show progresses they, but we don't see him do that but know. i felt like they they i feel like if loki in i'm sorry in infinity war is what i'm gonna say if, if loki in infinity war didn't die i felt like that would have become spoilers the version that we see in the show would have been <laughs> would have been him right i feel like the version we show would have been him so mm -hmm. i felt like 
they were trying to get that Loki back essentially. And that's why they showed his past and well, his a multiversal past and all these things. So I just didn't like how rushed it was. Well, I, I really feel like the TVA just doesn't like Loki's in general. I think there's like, there's right. like a, there's like a discrimination on the Loki's. Yeah, yeah you're you're yeah, just I a tool. You're a means to an end. I mean, think about it. Yeah, we, we, they may have taken Captain Carter in there for all we know, and they didn't seem to be manhandling her quite in the same way they did Loki. So I think it is right. like a grudge against Loki's. Um, and I don't care said, how bad the show would have been, but that whole thing, are, are you a robot? Like that was my favorite part of that entire episode. <laughs> all right. Like, Am I a robot? Well, how like, would yeah. I know if I'm a robot? <laughs> well, you like, know how would I know? Yeah, yeah. No, pretty good stuff. Um, the first couple episodes of TVA were great, and I think Loki is like great in the beginning, great in the end, kind of in the middle. Um, but I think that's TV shows as a rule. I think that's why I don't like them. They're always in the middle. Uh, that being said, it is nine o'clock. We are supposed to end this show at nine o'clock, and because I have uh, my wife out there with some children, I definitely want to go out there and give her a hand. Say what? I said, or 12 o'clock, whatever coast you're on. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's another day for us. I always forget about yeah. the fact that you guys are moving into uh, Monday at this point while uh, Brian and I are still sitting over here on the uh, West Coast. Yeah, y'all are living um, in the past. Hey, the way, yeah, I, I know, right? the way our show is set up, we're kind of like West Coast, East Coast. That's kind of interesting. Um, ah, yeah, yeah. Th they're all on the East Coast over there, by the way. This is West Coast, <laughs> just so you guys know. That being said, uh, we are going to raid tonight. Uh, so this has been episode 12 of the <laughs> And we just got raided by a uh, by verified oh, wow. reckless ten people <laughs> coming in on the raid. Um, thank you very much for that. Uh, you guys are raiding us quite literally. Uh, I got a uh, we got a, a follow. What's up, danger? Thank you for the follow. We are uh, quite literally <laughs> ending our show right now, but we'll hang out for another minute while we uh, get raided. Yeah, thank I like that name. Follow. Another follow from Brother of Darkness eighty four. Oh, Thank you nice. for that. Uh, we are the real study. I'm Mr. Snippets. That is Black Girl Marvel. Below me here is all the movie things, and Caddy Corner over there is Mr. Marvelite. Our reviewers, thank you for the follow. Um, Yella, Yella. I think that's how I would say that. Yeah. Um, thank you for the follow there as well. Um, we do movie reviews. We do three movies every week. Uh, tonight here, I'll actually switch us over. This is unique. Um, we did The Brass Teapot, Mr. Wright, and we were going to do 8-Bit Christmas, but we're holding that off until next week for our Christmas show. Um, we do these movie reviews every week if you guys want to come check us out. But right now, we are actually about to raid out to another place. If you guys want to ride along, we're about to do that. That being said, this is The Real Study. You guys have a great evening. Have a great week, y'all. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you guys and come back and see the show. Cool show. Absolutely. We'll be here next Sunday. Uh, next Sunday will be Christmas. So if you love Christmas movies, tune in. We'll have our favorite Christmas movies and 8-Bit Christmas to review. And that was not a slight against the film. Um, <laughs> all right. Man, now I really want to do Die Hard. No. <laughs> Good night, guys. <laughs>